You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 120, the postcards from the edge edition. (laughs) Postcards from the edge, nice. As they say, uh, you know, in the uh, in the news business, uh, breaking news handed to us just before we went on air. Uh, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, uh, unresponsive on a plane coming into, uh, from London to LA, right? Well, I guess, yeah, direct flight from London to LA, that, that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, yeah, when you got, I guess, between wealthy cities like that, you know? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Um, but, uh, they think she had a a, a heart attack, a cardiac attack. Massive heart attack, they said, and they... They on CBS. I heard about it right before, but then CBS News came on five thirty, six thirty your time, and they were treating it like, like as if like the president was like dying. <laughs> it was ridiculous. They were like breaking news, and they said they had somebody out there, and then they were like uh, that she was put it on extended life support, and then like an hour after that or so, I, I looked. Or thirty minutes to an hour after I looked, and there was a update from the Associated Press. Her brother saying that she was in stable condition now. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. all right. That's better than uh, what I had gotten. The um, well, because they said it, she was put on life support. Yeah, I had gotten it from uh, Reddit, so it quickly became the uh, it quickly became the top news story on Reddit, but. Where people choose to to source their material from Reddit is all dependent on the person who posted it. So for a while, the leading story was uh, was WLEX eighteen, Lexington, Kentucky, <laughs> the NBC the NBC news affiliate. Right now, it's saying she's out of emergency. Carrie Fisher's okay. brother Todd says she's in stable condition and out of emergency. Good old Todd Fisher. <laughs> all right. That uh, okay. That's a lot more information than than originally um, was being disseminated, and they use that old trick. It's not an old trick; it's a new trick. But it, it it's really annoying, especially with this whole focus on like fake news and uh, you know and false news stories and stuff. But when when news outlets, legitimate news outlets, just put up a you know a three sentence or a four sentence quote unquote news story and then just have a bunch of Twitter screenshots yeah, of yeah. just random people. Yeah. Not even you know it's, it's not Todd Fisher's Twitter the account. Legitimate air quote legitimate news puts out a lot of fake news, you know? Right. That's what's so right. stupid the fake news thing. It just the whole fake news controversy is the stuff that just doesn't fit their narrative. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they always put out shit that gets discredited. I right. mean, look at that Rolling Stone thing. Do you uh, know that about the, the sexual Vanderbilt? assault case? Yes. Where was that? 
at Virginia, UVA. Rolling Stone yes. wrote this whole friggin' article, and it was a totally made-up story. Right, you, right. You know? I mean, they put out a lot of fake news. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, oh, here's Mark Hamill's Twitter. Right. As so if Mark 2016 Hamill. couldn't get any worse, sending all our love to at Carrie Fisher. And they have Peter Mayhew there, which uh, which is legit. Yeah. Um, but then, I don't know, who is Tia Margarita? I don't know. Peter Mayhew. Real Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> right. Right. Drew Taylor, Kimberly Callahan. I don't know who half these people are. Of course, like the other night, I went to see the Star Wars movie, and like I was with Jordan at the end. I'm like, dude, I don't even know who half the names are in this movie. Not like the actors, but the characters. Right. You know, it's like they're talking about this guy, but they never specifically address anybody. You know? <laughs> oh, they're just making backstory references to people. Yeah, but even the characters that are actually in the movie, you know, it's just like in right. the beginning, you know, like they do in the Star Wars movies. They keep. Intru- they introduce you to five different locations, and it's like, am I going to have to remember every damn different planet and moon they're at, you know? <laughs> well, all the fucking generals look the same. That's a problem that I have. It's, it's yeah. like, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about the prequels or the or the new ones or these one-offs. Like, they just have like a bunch of old, skinny, white guys in these gray tunics. And that's like... They the it, it's supposed to span how many years? You know, yeah, forty, fifty years, right? From yeah. the time Anakin Skywalker, to, spoiler alert, turns into Darth Vader. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> Funny, but he's totally missed all the prequels and all that. But yeah. they all dress the same during that time period. They all look the same, and they all have very similar names. Have you seen um, Rogue One? No, um, I'm gonna okay. go between. And we're not Christmas. gonna talk about that. Christmas and New Year's. That's uh, that's but, kind of been the tradition um, of the last, I don't know, t- uh, since Lord of the Rings came okay. out when I was living down in Curacao. Uh, the only times we would get to see them was when I was home for Christmas. So, so you go we, with... Um, my dad. Oh, your dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. You told me that last time. And then Not, Cole but Josh, I assume, already gone, right? Or Josh no, no, he'll doesn't wait. like Star Wars movies or something. No, Josh will, Josh will go. Um, he'll wait until over Christmas to go with Cole. Yeah, yeah. Cole. Go with us. Problem is, the reason I had to go Wednesday is because everybody's trying to spoil it for you, man. Um, I had a little bit of that problem with ha- Force Awakens. Having to dodge the internet, man. Oh. See, I, um, I read Deadspin, you know, and Deadspin, you know, A, it's an aggregator because it's like part of that Garka ne- Gawker network, so they... They'll have all the headlines on the side there. It's like, oh, the cameos, or this is happening. And then guys that write for Deadspin stuff, like Drew McGarry, he's got some article about something. I'm like, I got to ignore all this. I'm like, I just got to go fucking see it so that they don't screw it up for me, you know? Because I can't avoid the internet. And it's kind of bullshit because it's, there's, it, it's two extremes. There's no, like common courtesy in between there's the two school of thoughts of well you know what i haven't seen uh game of thrones yet so don't spoil it for me 
well, that's you know what? Fuck me. That's on me. You know yeah. what I mean? Game of Thrones has been out, or yeah, it's uh, been out prob- long enough. It's like probably more relevant. It is, was like a um, year. That's what I say. After a movie's been out of the movies for a while, there's no spoiling anymore. You know, because if you didn't care enough to go see it at the movies, screw it. You know, exactly. you get a. I'll give. I give people a year. You know, that's very generous. Yeah, because it's like very because like Jacob. He doesn't go because he's got kids and stuff, so he never goes to the movies. He watches a lot of stuff on TV. So I'm like, I'll give you a year, you know, because I go right. see movies and I'll tell about it. I was like, well, I'll wait eight months and then we can talk about it, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Because I got to wait for him to go see the movie. But we were having a text convo like an hour or so ago about all that shit, about the whole, because he was bitching about all the spoiling, uh, headlines he was seeing you know that even the headlines give it away you know well that's the other extreme are are guys who like live tweet it as it's going on and, and are like hey man sorry that's just how it is now yeah you, know, you, you got to go out and see it at the first premiere in the bullshit know, midnight on the wednesday star wars shit they start spoiling it on friday you know the day it comes out right they're already writing the articles like i was like wait there's all right. There were already articles about it, like after it had been screened at midnight the night before, or whatever. You know? Yeah. And it's it's fucking horseshit. You know? I mean, I guess the studios like it because it motivates people to go. Yeah, I guess so. Because no one yeah. wants to get spoiled. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But- that should be a bumper sticker. No one wants to get spoiled. <laughs> what was the? I'll give you the, the quote that I said yesterday that this girl loved that she told me would be my real housewives tag, my real housewives character. <laughs> uh, you'll appreciate this because she said I was too much, you know? Okay. Like, like oh, Matt, you're too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, she said, um, she said, you're too much. Uh, and I, I, my response was, some people say I'm too much, but no one ever says I'm not enough. <laughs> <laughs> that would be your real housewife tag? <laughs> yes, apparently. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh. <laughs> See, good thing she texted to me because that's the kind of witty repartee that I say and it just goes out of my brain, you know? Never, right. <laughs> and right. I never remember it again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to have like a recording because you know how much good, good material just leaves. You know what it's like. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. <laughs> when you have like a nice, good bone mont and it's just like gone. <laughs> She's like, I gotta text that to you so that we can remember that. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to here to click off this uh, this Carrie Fisher the the same Twitter story that uh, that we were both just referencing, and uh, it's cute up here. Yes, <laughs> it's cute up here Todd. to uh, Happy Holidays. 
Happy Holidays is her name. Royal Holiness. H O E L I. Who's this? Wait, what's she? She's one of the one of the chicks. One of these random people in the Carrie Fisher um, Twitter chain of uh, screen screenshot Twitter comments. Oh, okay. But I'm trying to figure out who she is. Um, She's an engineer, an INTJ, a socialist. She's French. An INTJ that kills me. These character assessments. What what is I? I think that's. I think INTJ. It's like these people do. I think it's a millennial type of thing. You know what your personality is. You know, it's Uh, like introvert. Yeah, yeah. It all stands for something. Something. You know, I started noticing a couple. Once I started trying to look into like online dating or whatever you start seeing that shit you know and it's oh, really? obviously some millennial bullshit you know they take these personality tests you yeah know? yeah yeah okay let me see uh portrait of an in what is intj here we go yeah uh, there's introversion e, who the extroverts yeah introversion intuition thinking judgment there's <laughs> an initialism used to the publication of the it's myers briggs okay I remember taking yeah, that. Yeah, Admired and, Briggs. Yeah, but it's really popular with the, you know, with online. those millennials. Okay. Well, she says, Happy Bonus. Holidays. What's that? Who's this chick, Happy Holidays, who's... Uh, holidays. Whose banner is a shot of her of her tits and a bustier kind of deal. And then she is um, has like a headshot. Kind of thing. So I don't know what I don't know what her deal is. I don't know if she's a. Uh, I, I don't know what. But anyway, she says people 2016 can take instead of Carrie Fisher, Roman Polanski, Woody Allen, Donald Trump, Mike Tyson. I guess Ted she's a Nug- feminist. <laughs> All right, Ted Nugent. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Number six, Casey Affleck. <laughs> oh well, you know about the controversy with Casey Affleck. No, what's the what's the problem? Oh, with I love Casey being, Affleck. How he like sexually assaulted a couple of women on the sets of one of his movies, and it's like like Google Casey Affleck and sexual assault, and you'll find some think pieces about how it's bullshit that Casey Affleck's why are why is everybody letting him get away with this shit right now? You know, yeah, it's you know, and the whole thing about. He gets away with it because he's Ben Affleck's brother and Matt Damon is behind him. You know, I mean, are you Googling that right now? I assume yeah, you are because yeah. I know how you are. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? Because I know how you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, has he, are, are these he, he allegations? He settled suits with these people. Okay. A couple of women that worked on one of the, I don't know if it was that stupid what movie was it? I don't know what movie it was. I don't know if it was that one he did with Joaquin Phoenix that he directed. Where, you know. Oh, I'm still here. Yeah, I don't know if it was that one. I was on some, one yes. of those movies or something. That's when it was. In yeah. 2010, two women who worked for Affleck on the, uh, on the Joaquin Phoenix mockumentary, I'm Still Here, which that whole lead up to that was hysterical. Yeah, like when he went on friggin' Letterman, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, just the, Letterman mean, was not deal. happy with that shit. No, no, <laughs> which made it even funnier. Yeah, you know, because he just refused to break. Yeah, um, 
which we've talked about. I think that's probably uh, my favorite type of, of performance or that favorite type yeah. of comedy. Is but it? that movie flopped hardcore, you know? Uh, is that where he uh, – is Ben Aff- – I mean, uh, Ben Stiller. Does Ben Stiller have a scene in that when he comes to visit him? I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. I've never seen it. I think I saw it. I think it was mildly entertained. Yeah. Uh, I, need to, uh, I do want to see Manchester by the Sea, though, but I'm sure you found articles and think pieces about the problem with Casey Affleck. So in separate civil suits, after mediation, both suits were settled. In a recent interview with the New York Times, he said that it was settled to satisfaction of all. To read more about the settlements, click here. Um, yeah, listen, that's one of those things is... is it, no matter what side you come down on, you're you're probably going to be a little hypocritical because you're you're going to be talking out of turn. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you you stick up for him, well then obviously you're misogynist. If you if you rail on him, well then where the due process has had played its role. It, it looks like everybody had come to some type of resolution, so shouldn't it be left alone? Like, well, it's there's no of, winner here. It's kind of what happened to that Nate Parker. Do you know Nate Parker is the guy that made that movie, The Birth of a Nation? Um, that just came out this year about Nat okay. Turner's Rebellion. Yeah, so he, right, he comes up in in similar, and this is probably where the think pieces start. Of course, the they they let a they wouldn't let the black guy get away with it because right. there's also those think pieces too, right? You know about right, right, right. the differences, you know, white privilege and all that. You know, you got all the realms of it, and that movie kind of tanked because of that, you know. And the thing was, he was he was exoner well, he was exonerated. He was found not guilty. Of the charges with the thing, but what really did it, and then it came out that the girl that was involved committed suicide back in 2012. You know, so even so, though he was found not guilty, it was adjudicating everything, he was still treated as if he's a criminal, you know? So, so he was acquitted on rape charges. So even uh, if you're accused, you know, so I, who knows the real story? You know, who knows if they just didn't have the evidence? Who knows? Whatever. But even just the simple accusation is bad enough. Right. You know? Right. Which, I mean, I don't know. It's it's difficult, but the accusation alone is enough to tank you. Even if it was 16 years earlier, like it was in his case, and and he was found not guilty... No, you you've been tried. Therefore, you're guilty. There's no such thing as not guilty in right. sexual assault, right? To a certain that, portion of the population, the headline gets the front page retraction. You know, gets the back page. Yeah, but like, even so though everyone knows he was exonerated and found not guilty, but he's still like, they're still like, well, she committed suicide, so therefore you must have done something, right? You know, I mean, the guy that wrote the movie with him, he was found guilty because they were. I think they were wrestlers at Penn State. You know, they were friends. And it was happened. It was him, the two of them, and this girl. Uh, he was found guilty, but then it was his, his conviction was overturned on appeal. So I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of that. And I'm not going to sit here and say stuff because it's like I can only, like, the issue, like you're talking about, you know, <laughs> with the views on on you. But it's like, 
but I don't know what you can do. It's like, I don't know. It's everybody can't be OJ, you know, everybody that gets <laughs> found not guilty can't be OJ, you know? Right, 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 right. You know? I mean, you, 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 me personally, I want to believe that I have, I have, uh, you know, the character and the moral compass to, to navigate true North on something like this, you know, yes. but, there's a big difference between some accusations and a settlement that I have nothing, that I have no knowledge of, and a v- uh, audio tape and videotape of Donald Trump on a bus. Yeah. You know, w- after that whole thing came out, uh, I was talking to somebody about it, and I, I, I was a little, you know, a little more vocal than I am that I tend to be in 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 issues like that. You know. Yeah. That's, that's unacceptable. And you know, everybody who does, everybody who doesn't come out, every Republican who doesn't come out and say this is unacceptable, you know, this is no way uh, to behave. We we don't condone this. Is if you don't come out and say that, then you are implicitly condoning that, and that should stick with you, you know, for for your political career. But that's that's hard evidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not accusation. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, it's tough. I feel like I'm, uh, you know, when I'm when I'm navigating those type of things and I just kind of shrug my shoulders and go, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, know, I, I mean, it's hard. That. It, it, I don't feel like I'm pussing out. Although, I imagine the other person I'm in that conversation with will accuse me of pussing out if... If I don't draw the line where they draw the line, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which puts you in a no win situation. I mean, know? I don't even know where the hell you're supposed to go these days. Like the same girl that we had that exchange with that I was talking about earlier last week. I don't know whether because we, you know. By the way, I went to see Jersey Boys. You oh, know? you did because it was in town. Well, uh, my mom went to go see Jersey Boys. It's you should go see it, dude. It is. I, I saw the movie first before I ever saw the musical, right, and I right. and I I have a friend and she was, uh, you know, her take on it was because she she was a big fan of the musical, and I know she and another friend of mine had gone to see when the movie came out and she was like the movie's terrible, and I saw the movie and I was like it was all right you know I didn't mind it really. But when I but then I went and saw the musical and I was like, "Oh, now I know why the movie's terrible." Because the movie treats it all like it's a drama whereas the musical's like fun. Right. <laughs> I mean, I love Clint Eastwood, but he friggin' he directed the movie, you know. Uh, but he he kind of he kind of missed the he missed it there, you know. The, he missed the nuance of the. Yeah, I was swinging and miss. You watch everything is, as basically dramatic when you see the movie. Whereas, like when you're at the musical, you're laughing, you know, like it's it's like a good time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's uh, it was a it, it was really good, you know. And I was with somebody who was fun to be with, so. You definitely want to be with somebody. It wouldn't be so fun to go by yourself. <laughs> right. or, or with Jordan. That's even you even draw the line with Jordan. Yeah. Like Jordan is no with Jordan, no though. Jersey boys. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta go with you 
I mean, unless you're a gay man, you gotta go. <laughs> right. Right. A girl, because it's probably more fun that way, you know? Yes. But, um, <laughs> but you know, by the end of it, you're singing and stuff. And like I uh, said at the intermission, because you can't help but sing some of the songs, and lots of people are doing it. Or, uh, and I'm trying not to go crazy, because you, you'll. You know all the Four Seasons songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like music you know. Like the girl, I, I invite her, she comes with me, and she's like, I don't know anything about this at all. I'm like, trust me, you're going to know all these fucking songs. You know? <laughs> she knows nothing about any of this, you know? She's right. a hardcore millennial. She's 10 years younger than me. And uh, But at intermission, because most of the people there were older, you know? Because it's <laughs> oh, dealing nice. with... I got to write down the title of this week's episode, which is Hardcore Millennial. <laughs> uh, but this folds into another thing we're talking about right now, too. It happened. In it. But, like, uh, you know, the crowd skews a lot older at the Jersey Boys show. It skews older at theater anyway, you know, at the Broadway tour stop, you know? Sure. Sure. Uh, because older people go to that stuff. You know, they're the ones that buy the season tickets for Jersey Boys. You know, it's geared towards people, you know, it naturally attracts people in their 60s because they remember the four seasons from the 60s, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like your parents would probably be really. Well, you said your mother went to see it, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. seen it multiple times. And yeah, she yeah. Went for uh, her, I don't think it was her maiden. It's my godmother. It's a very good friend of hers. Who, okay, you know they've been friends since since they were grown up, and um, it was her birthday. And I don't even know if it was. A, they saw it on Broadway, I assume, huh? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my mom had seen it. I think during its first run, maybe while I was in the ticket game, maybe I had gotten it for her, and you know all the girls went, but uh, she went with my aunt who had never seen it and um they made a day of it went to the city and you know absolutely loved it yeah yeah, yeah. see the friend that was real loyal about it you know that was her thing she had seen it on broadway i think more than once you know like actually okay. like in new york you know so she was like a rabid jersey boys which i've noticed with the, like a lot of women they're rabid about the musical they're really into you know <laughs> okay they all, all right. have like one musical that's their thing yeah. <laughs> like there's people I know girls who are like all about Mama Mia <laughs> <laughs> I have another friend who's all about the sound of music but only the movie <laughs> okay <laughs> but they all have their chosen musical <laughs> um, but anyway so like at the intermission the older guy next to me and he's like oh man he's like He's like, you're having a good time. You're having such a good time. You must be from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, no, nah, man, I'm just a Dago. <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, like, I'm just a Dago, man. Because, you know, it's a movie about Italian guys. And, and At the, uh, huh? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, but then, but, but like, he kind of said jokingly, but he also kind of said it to me like as if I was bothering him, you know? So the second act begins, and I was a little bit more restrained. I'm like, oh, I guess i got to be restrained because this guy thinks I was enjoying the musical too much. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> but then later on, he started clapping and shit, and I was like, all right, all bets are off. I can actually enjoy this shit now. 
you know. At the end of the movie, at the end of the play, did you lean over to him and go, "I had no idea this was about Frankie Valley." <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, I think uh, that's, that's a, still uh, the funniest thing ever. Oh, <laughs> Frankie Valley. Uh, I think uh, if you're interested in uh, in learning a little bit about uh, some Jersey Boys Two Sorry Excuses lore, I think that might be Razu the Pot. You know, is that the name of the probably that is because that all involves my dad. You know, that's I, a that's a, and it was when it was the same day that I took him down memory lane, and that involves Razu and the Pot. You know. Uh, what? That's not the name of the episode, though. It's uh, uh, what it should have been. Is <laughs> it? It has it even better. It's one of our classic episodes. Yeah, I know. Our, it's from 2014. It's in the Navy. Uh, in the uh, Navy. Two sorry, yes, two yes, sorry excuses. We're having episode, that conversation. Episode 30. The boys take great pains to overcome uh, pre-Obama technology in order to bring you this week's episode. Sanders plays geography bingo, and Liv takes his down his dad on a trip down memory lane, and they hypothetically rescue the pot. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's our long love affair. Hundred episodes ago, ninety episodes ago. Yeah, that's crazy. This is one twenty. Is that what we're doing tonight? This is one twenty. Yeah, yeah, one twenty. Yeah. So, uh, so you had a good time. When when did you? When did you see that? Last Friday, the 16th, okay. a week ago. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, same week you were going to go see um, Adam Sandler, or was that the week before? Adam Sandler was the week before, yep. So what yeah. happened to that? Uh, well, I was going to finish up with Jersey Boys, because oh, later yeah, on that night. Oh, oh <laughs> Sorry, because it involved that previous thing we were talking about, like Casey Affleck and all that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I got sidetracked because you went to Jersey Boys with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about something about, uh, you know, we went to some bar and ran into these two girls who are like, you know, they're even younger than her, I believe, who like worked in one of the restaurants with her. And uh, I guess they, you know, like the super like, feminist women or something and we had some kind of back and forth where i don't know for some reason i should have been ashamed they're telling the girl i'm with how she should be proud of her body and not have to cover up at the job and then i was making some joke you know about i was trying to show cleavage and i you know like they're giving this whole feminist empowerment thing and then i was like you know showed my chest hair and she met and i was like yeah i was like i don't trust guys that don't have chest hair you know and she's like oh why is that feminine blah 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 i was like and i'm like what and i'm like and later on i'm talking to the girl and she's like oh those girls are that girl's fucked up you know because i was like i don't get it you should be proud of your body but but me being proud of having chest hair makes me hateful of people that don't i, I you know like it makes me the bad guy Yet you should be flaunting your... How does that fucking work? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I was like... She's like, they're just confused. She doesn't know what she's... I was like, yeah, obviously. She's trying to be orthodoxy on all that shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it's like... It, it makes you a hypocrite. You know? It's like a woman can be proud of her body, but a guy who's proud of his body, you know, and thinks that otherwise... Being proud of your body makes him a 
uh, a bad guy or something because he wouldn't do the other. You get where I'm coming from, how it makes no sense. Yes. So I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, and those girls are telling me, you know, and we had issues because the last place we worked, there was a guy there and he went, you know, and they liked him and I liked him. But then he hung out with me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, uh, <laughs> he was supposed to be a feminist. And I'm like, what? A feminist dude? I was like, I don't get this. I was like, I'm all for everything equality. You know, I'm all for that shit. But I don't get this whole idea of the feminist male. You know? Right. <laughs> I was like, is it so hard to just be like, I'm cool with letting people do their thing. And if you want to do that, that's fine. Without having to say you're a feminist. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry. You present the feminist male to me and I'm going to think less of him. So that's how it goes back to the stuff we were talking about earlier. This whole idea that you got to and, – and I think part of the being the feminist male is like, you know, surrendering your masculinity it almost seems like, you know? Yeah, right. Because – And you... that's what that girl was telling me basically. I should be ashamed because I'm proud of my masculinity. Meanwhile, my friend – should be proud of her body and of her femininity, you know? But masculinity is not something to be proud of anymore, you know? Right. Right. It's, I mean, at this point, it's just like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, this <laughs> you one, know? Like, so I'm are we still talking about. And I just read stuff and I'm just like, well, I can never comment on that. <laughs> it's just, it's like, at this point, really? Is there not a position that hasn't been exhausted? You know, like, all right, I get, I get it, man. I get it. You're a feminist. That's God bless you. But that's, you know, it's nothing new. Yep. You know, you're not, you're not, tra- you're not blazing trails. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, I don't know. We just live in this day and age. You know, where where it is becoming that type of thing, you know, where it's like you're you should be completely you know, if you're a white male you should not and I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but you shouldn't be proud of that shit at all. Everybody else should be proud of all of their personal features, you know? Of right. their personal traits. Except white men. That makes you a fucking racist. You know. Right. Right. That makes you a misogynistic racist asshole. <laughs> yes. And and I understand where that comes from in the sense that that is the identity <clears throat> that is the identity of of the taskmaster of of the power of position over our society's development but by by turning the tables on that one element well then that that's that's the same you know that's the same discriminatory attitude that everybody else is is saying doesn't belong yeah you know what i mean well i mean i Equality. saw like an assessment like about the trump election it was like one of these guys who put it this way he's like he's like okay so the whole left is pushing this whole idea that everybody should individually be proud of the fact that you're hispanic black woman uh, Asian, whatever, you know, that they should all be proud of that. But then, like, 
the white people that end up voting for Trump are like, okay, well, we're proud of being white. What about us? No, you're racist. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like everyone else should be split up and be proud of all their other stuff. Except white people, if you think that way, you're a bigot, you know? Right. I mean, right. I'm not for, like, white separatism. It's just that they don't understand, they don't seem to understand the corollary between what they push and, you know, the same, the reaction to that from the people they're pushing it against, you know? Listen, and I get, and, and I, I, I wasn't alive in the 60s, and I had this conversation yeah. with my dad. He he was all up in arms in, in uh, you know, with, with the, with the, the prevailing sentiment of uh, of the Trump supporter, uh, his, Trump in particular, but I think he knew some people locally. You know, he knows people in his universe that he was anticipating what insufferable bastards these people were going to be like if Trump won. Yeah, right? because they were borderline inappropriately racist. For the 40 years that we've known them, what would it be like once they got, you know, the green light to have that be the prevailing sentiment? Yeah, so he yeah. got him. He got himself a little worked up. But I was talking to him and, and you know, I said, listen, as a society, we've we've gone through worse times. I said, you grew up in a period where racism was legitimately institution literally yes. institutionalized yes right they got people right now who are like oh it's so much worse than it's ever been it's like really it's worse than when they were lynching black people right you right. know and they they're, i mean i know shit's terrible and i and trust me i would hate to be i would hate to be a black person especially with the issues the way the yes you definitely get discriminated against yes police definitely screw with you more but it's like you can't say it's as bad as it was 50 years ago. And 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 we didn't live through that time, so we don't understand the the power that social protest had in erasing that, right? Yeah. You would still have there is still institutionalized racism in places in oh, this country. And and we went through that process already, right? But just my personality, my mindset is like, man, does everything have to be a fight? Why can't we just, why can't we all just look around and, and agree to say, okay, well, equality means equal. So you are as valid as that person, but that means you have to be as valid as that guy over there. You have to validate that guy over there. And yeah. Let the rising tide kind of, you know, kind of level the ships and, and wash away all the debris right yeah so i understand that can't happen but that's what my, that's kind of my mindset when i run into those you know uber millennial uh uber feminist millennial types you know yeah who don't quite get it and and i just want to say well yeah that's cool man yeah. uh, you're not gonna get an argument out of me i mean that's my problem with it because i'm very you know and that's the problem with being that's that's basically like the libertarian issue all the time it's like why can't everybody just be you know individuals you know like the whole group think and everybody's a block you know everybody's a monolith you know right and that's that's the issue everybody should be treated 
you know, for for their personality alone. And that's, I mean, that's the whole libertarian issue with police treatment. It's like everybody shouldn't be treated based off of, you know, based off the fact that, well, all blacks need to be friggin' uh, looked at uh, extra carefully, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, whereas everybody should be, you know, everything, everything needs to be done purely in an individual basis. But I don't know, man. Uh, the other side of it is like earlier today, I was at my mom's house and I'm talking to her. And one thing that she's really has a hard time with is like, uh, it's like the whole idea of like gay marriage, okay. you know, like, uh, she was talking about it cause she had the paper there, the newspaper and they had, uh, Brian bat in there. Yeah, it's Brian Bat, uh, who was on. I didn't watch Mad Men, but he used to be on Mad Men. But he's a local guy, you know, and like he owns a shop here and stuff. But he's, they saw him like a month or two ago. Uh, my mother, my father, and my niece went to go see this thing with the Symphony Orchestra, and they were doing like show tunes or something. And Brian Bat was singing the show tunes, and uh, and he said something about his husband. And my mom's like. You know, it's I, I just can't get over it. You know, it still shocks me when they say that. I'm not used to it. I was like, I was like, really, Mom? You know, I was like, people that like each other calling a husband? You know, like, she's like, and she started out with saying, she's like, does your friend Chris refer to his boyfriend husband? I was like, no, because they're not married, you know? And then she starts talking about that, and she's like, you got to understand, I'm older. I come from a time where... I'm 71 years old. That doesn't make sense to me. I was like, Mom, when you, in the 60s, uh, it was illegal for black people to marry white people down here. Do you have a hard time wrapping your mind around black people being married to white people? And she's like, no, bud. I was like, so what's the fucking difference? You know? Right. right. <laughs> I was like, that used to be illegal, and you have no problem with that, right? You know? It just... Yeah. I don't know. It's, certain things don't make sense to me, you know? I mean, because that's one of those things I've never cared about. I remember being in Boston when that issue first started percolating. I'd be like, who cares? <laughs> that's always been my stance on gay marriage is who the fuck cares? Right. <laughs> and then these people that are so adamantly against it, it's like, why do you care? You know, and that's kind of, I think that's kind of when I really started going libertarian is like, what? Who are all the people that care about what everybody else does for shit that doesn't affect them? You know, right, uh. right. You know what's so funny is that I'm too busy worrying about what people are thinking of me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to worry about me thinking about other people I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's like, so, oh, what do I care if some Guy in Montana wants to marry some other dude up there. Who cares? Right. So that neurotic <laughs> element of my personality has aided me in some, in some ex- to some extent, because I honestly, if it doesn't affect me and I don't know you, God bless you. Yeah. The big thing growing up was uh, when, um, like, you know, post punk. All right, so, like, if you were punk rock, like, back in the 70s, you were punk rock. 
Like you, you know, you were a drug addict and, you know, you put uh, pins through your face and you went to these underground clubs. Yeah, but once the safety rock... pins in the ear. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So once, once punk rock became uh, a little mainstream and kind of like there was that post-punk uh, scene where like just regular kids... Suburban kids were dyeing their hair purple. Like an SLC punk. You remember that movie? Uh, With Matthew it's... Lillard. It takes place like in the 80s or something. He's got, you know, he's gone on all about that at some point, you know. Let's talk yeah, about yeah, Salt yeah. Lake City punk, SLC okay. punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. And I was, uh, you know, I was in my late teens by that point or, um, you know, at least in high school. And I... At least you have some some idea of your future self, you know. Yeah. And I thought, wow, if I ever had a kid, and they wanted to dye their hair purple, I'd let them dye their hair purple. I would just make sure we went to a nice hairdresser so they didn't look like an asshole who dyed their own hair purple. <laughs> you know. So I even had the the presence of mind even back then before it affected me to kind of contemplate how I would handle. Such a situation, because back then, like that was a big deal. You know, there was a kid yeah. in the class who dyed their hair purple or shaved, you know, a mohawk into their hair in Jackson in late eight, in, you know, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a big deal. Yep, it was kind of a big deal, but I'm sure not earth shattering to the point where people wanted to, you know, pass rules against it or have, you know, them labeled something or. You know, outlaw mohawk. You know, whatever, whatever the 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 reactions these days are. Yeah. You know, like, you know, nobody uses that bathroom. Everybody uses that bathroom. Like, it's just it, it, there's just such a push and pull on it that everybody has to stake their claim to it and have an argument about every single fucking issue. I know everything's fucking politicized. Who? My thought is, who care? I don't care. You know, that's yeah. how I look at it. I know there's people who care, so I don't. I don't even say who's care, who cares. I say I don't care. Whatever yeah, it is, I don't care. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know why anybody should care, but people care. You know. I mean, I don't know what your problem is if it doesn't affect you, but I don't care. I don't have something against every legless crackhead in the world. But you got something against legless crackhead that's <laughs> on my street. Yeah, that I damn street. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the legless crackhead has a friend who also has um, is missing a leg, and um, and he just he hangs out on the west side of Main Street and just goes up and down that side of Main Street because um, it's very hard to cross Main Street, except especially with one leg, right? Right. Somebody wants to smoke crack on my neighborhood, and I have to yell at him. But uh, occasionally, um, I like to take a walk down to um, the Rite Aid, which is a couple blocks away. And next to the Rite Aid is a coffee shop. So I can make a nice little walk out of it. And when I go there, I like to go through the neighborhood and then cut across one block to Main Street. But when I come home, I want to walk down Main Street. I want to go past the, the shops, which are mostly the, the Spanish um, 
taquerias and the and the bakeries, and then I want to pass the uh, quinceanera store, and I want to walk by the the firehouse. Like that's this part of the neighborhood. This part of Asbury is a little unique in in that sense, and I like to walk through it. I like to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. fucker, man, he's always he's always there. He's always on that side of Main Street, so I gotta cross Main Street. Why he tries to hit walk. you up and stuff? Yeah, he knows me. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, I hate that shit. Go on, sorry. <laughs> the other day I was passing him, and he goes, "Hey, hey, you know who you look like?" <laughs> and he knows he knows me, and he knows I know he knows me. But he he's a crackhead, so he can't put two and two together all the time, right? Yeah. So he goes, "Hey," he does this. You know, he has that real deep. You know, voice. Hey, like a fat Albert character. Yeah, I know. <coughs> I can't do it because my throat's all fucked up. But he does a voice, right? And he goes, "You know who you look like?" And I go, "George Clooney." And I just kept walking. And all the other, all the other crackheads thought that was hysterical, but he didn't know who George Clooney was. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He's probably yeah, been so a crack so long. Since exactly. friggin' George Clooney's rise, that he's totally missed out on all popular culture in the past 25 years. Right. He's like, you mean that guy from Facts of Life? <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> Did he play Joe's boyfriend? His <laughs> <laughs> name Snake or something on there? No, 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 no. It was when the um, the girls had uh, had kind of disbanded and the school had disbanded, and Mrs. Garrett—they'd gotten so old, so they lived. They had a candy yeah. store. Yeah, I remember the store. Yeah, and that's when they brought in Mackenzie Aston. Mackenzie Aston, and yeah. so it was George Clooney, Mackenzie Aston were like the, you know, kind of the handsome yeah. male foils. Um, so that's uh, I, he might have dated Joe. I think he was just like the handyman. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that show. <laughs> I remember watching those. I mean, I remember when it was contemporary, you know. And it was like they, Mrs. Garrett was gone. It was like Colleen Dewhurst or something at that point, right? Or Cloris uh, Leachman or something. Cloris Leachman. Yeah. Cloris Leachman. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because Charlotte Ray was gone, you know, which is crazy because you know she's the one that spun it off from friggin' different strokes. Yeah. You remember, Mrs. Garrett yeah. was the maid. Right. Yeah. Um, that that first season, right? That first season when they had like all the chicks. I think season two was when they went to. So season one, they had the chicks. Uh, Blair. I don't think Joe Nancy McKean wasn't on the first season. Okay. They had like uh, Molly Ringwald. Yeah, yeah. It was on the first season. Um, let's see. Right, Nancy Olsen, who uh, like was a blonde. Um, yeah, of course, Julianne Haddock. Right, Julianne Haddock, who was another blonde. There were a bunch of a bunch of chicks. Um, that was the first season. Second season was when Joe Polnicek came. They never. I don't think they ever explained what happened to all the other chicks. I guess that was uh, common. Producers didn't like them. They need to yeah. get better ratings. Right. Uh-huh. I guess that was a common uh, sitcom trick back then, like yeah. the old uh, Chuck I know Howard. That, 
I do know that Philip McKeon, you know, he was the son on Alice, Joe's brother in real life. Nancy McKeon's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alice, that was another good show. Yeah. Had a great theme song, too. Uh, what was the theme song to Alice? There's a new girl in town, you know. Yes, yes, yes. So fresh, freckled face, or something like that, you know. Right. Vic Tabak's finest work, man. And Vera, you know, he used to always be like, you dingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember Flo. And the thing was, I remember, I think we probably actually said this on the show before. I was little, you know, because Flo's catchphrase was, Mel, kiss my grits, you know. Kiss my grits was a catchphrase. I reviewed like four or five and saying there, like, you can't say that. And I was like, why? Just saying kiss my grits. I didn't know that it really was code for kiss my ass. <laughs> I was too young to realize that, you know? Right. Right. Hold oh, on. You got a holly on. Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nothing. You're not going to do anything. Relax. Get in a bed. Come on. Just get in a bed. Get in a bed. Oh, Christ's sakes. I don't know who I get more pissed at. These guys for barking or people from coming home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I saw one of these episodes not too long ago. You remember when he was on Roseanne, George Clooney? Hold on. I gotta gotta do something with these guys. Get, Get in a bed. Oh my god, you listen to this podcast, you think all I do is yell at these guys, but I do nothing but love them, except... Except they screw you when you're trying to record your podcast. One hour, every ten days, I want some quiet, and they gotta be maniacs. So anyway, so George Clooney... Yeah, you remember when he was on Roseanne? He played like the manager at the factory... No, he was in some really bit roles before he took off, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do remember Return of the Killer Tomatoes. I remember that. Yeah, because it was a sequel to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, he was on Roseanne. It only says 11 episodes, but it was he was a recurring character in the last, uh, for a few years. You know, okay. where they had like the factory job and he was like the manager. And I know one of them was trying to get, he was kind of the asshole manager or whatever, you know? Okay. Yeah, he was in, it was, and when he finally got ER, that's when he blew up. And that yes. wasn't until like the mid-90s, I think. And when was uh, that? When did ER come out? Or early 90s or whatever, early to mid. Oh, uh, let's see here. That's his filmography. The television. Okay, here we go. ER. What year did it come out? Was. 93 or something. Uh, ER came out. Oh, wait, what was E slash R? That was the thing from the 80s. Yeah, you'll see that on there. Oh, so. ER was uh, 94. Okay, 94, yeah, because that's when he blew up. You know, it was like ER, and it was like he was this hunky stud. Yeah. Right, so before that, the, the Facts of Life was 85 to 87. Hotel, that was just one episode. Yeah. Uh, Murder, she wrote one episode, episode. Roseanne, right. Okay, 11 episodes from 88 to 91. Yeah, I remember those when he was just the uh, the dude, you know, the manager. And I saw one of those just a few months ago. Booker Brooks. Yeah. 
Uh, sisters? Well, it's sisters. Oh, that I remember that show. Yeah, that was like with Sheila Ward. Was it that was on that show? And Swoozie yeah. Kurtz was that? Who was on there? Swoozie Kurtz, Sheila Ward, Julianne Phillips. Yeah. Uh, the way right, IMDb like does names. shit is very weird. Because That's why I go to. To yeah. find the ER credit, you got to go to like the 2009 because that's when the show went off the air. Yes. You know, yeah. even though he was only on it, you know, for, so he wasn't on I, there the whole run, you know? That's why I go to Wikipedia for yeah. when we have these yeah. discussions. Um, right. And then he did a, you know, a whole bunch of, a bunch of uh, cameos based off of his success in ER, Friends, South Park. Right. Yeah, I remember he was in the South Park movie. Yeah, yeah, he was the doctor. He's like, uh, we did it and we replaced it with a potato, and you're gonna die. And well, <laughs> he was the doctor operating on Kenny. <laughs> then like, in '96, so he did was Dust to Dawn. That's Tarantino, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's Tarantino. Tarantino wrote um, it. Yeah, yeah, and what's that guy's Rodriguez. name? Yeah, Rodriguez, yeah. So, right, he did Dustin Frequent Dawn Tarantino and... collaborator. Um, Batman and Robin. Yeah, it's funny because he was in that South Park movie, you know, and then years later, South Park ripped him a new asshole. <laughs> what was, uh, <laughs> for what? Because when he gave the speech at the Academy Awards about how Hollywood basically changed the world and how they were champions for uh, <laughs> basically social change and they're responsible for it. So it was this whole episode about it was a cloud of smug moving over from San Francisco because uh, it, <laughs> it was one where, you know, uh, the dad, who is it? Was it uh, Kyle's dad? I think it is. Yeah. Who, who gets the Prius and he starts, you know, acting smug, you know. It's like, I like yes. to think I'm uh, part of the solution as opposed to the problem. And eventually he decides he's got to move to, um, to to San Francisco because everybody's getting so offended by his sanctimonious smug attitude. Right, right. You know, so then um, the other kid... Uh, <laughs> Stan writes a song to uh, convince everybody basically to start buying Priuses and stuff. That way, Kyle's family will move back to South Park since it's more like them now. And then, but then they find out because of uh, <laughs> everybody becoming sanctum- smug assholes <laughs> that the town's ready to like cave in or some. Some kind of cataclysmic disasters, and then they got to start polluting again or some shit. <laughs> and it's the cloud of smug. It, you know, it's the smog. And, right, and the right, cloud right. of smug that's moving along, it's it's just totally uh, a recording. As it's moving along, it's got the recording of Clooney's acceptance speech at the Academy Awards playing. <laughs> <laughs> About uh, we're responsible for integration and all this bullshit, you know. <laughs> uh, it was a great episode. Good times. Yeah. Good times. So, all right. So that's uh, 
that's the facts of life. I don't know how we got to the facts of life, but we got to the facts. Yeah. <laughs> we got We're to learning the facts, the facts of, life. of life, aren't we? Um, so, are we done with uh, Casey Affleck? Yeah, we're done with Casey Affleck. <laughs> Fuck him. I do want to go see that movie though. Yeah. Uh yeah, you know what? It's playing in a little um independent movie theater uh, get, down the street. That little single screen number. Yeah, so I'm gonna go and cause that's always like just you're the only one in that theater. It's like you're watching it in your living room with a I like TV. that when you're the only one there, you know. Roscoe and I went to see uh I think it was last uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Uh Went to see um, the National Lampoon's movie, the Drunk Stone Dead, um, you know, documentary. Yeah. And it was just he and I. It was just he and I. I think, uh, you know, we pulled up, like, the, they had Ottomans in there and big comfy leather chairs and got some popcorn and watched it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how I'm gonna go see. Yeah. That's how, that's Wait, they go got see. they got like you can pull up ottomans and stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that reminds me of a place that used to exist down here, and then they tore it down back in the day. But when I was in high school. It was called movie pictures, and it was movie pictures because you could get pictures of beer, but it was oh, all okay. couches and shit in there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that reminds well, me of that. It was just like a big, the 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 theater was like. They were like little warehouses, you know, and you just go and you're, you're very leisurely, you know, and it would show like, you know, it was where Dazed and Confused was running and then it would play like foreign movies and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, this is um, this is like a legit little independent theater, but it'll show, um, you know, it'll show a second run movie here or there, but um, the Manchester by the Sea they're you know they ran it on like it's release date because it's independent okay so i'll go i'll go check it out there i like to i like to you know uh frequent fredo fredo says hi hey fredo he was texting me doing this he was feeding you the the south park lines no 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 he just texted me just a second ago but because from the conversation earlier, we were talking about food to make and stuff. Um, well, let's uh, let's do a couple things. Let's talk about your Adam Sandler, because I want to know what happened there. And then let's talk a little Christmas and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right. Um, so you were all excited. I was re-listening to the podcast where you talked about um, how excited you were to go see the Adam Sandler, and I was actually. Um, I was, I was happy for you, you know, because we, we are from the same time, you know, we have very similar experiences when it comes to the, you know, the Saturday Night Live Adam Sandler portion of our lives. Yeah. Like we both appreciated, we both thought that that stuff was funny. I think you have a little better, you have a little more of appreciation for the Saturday Night Live platform than I do, but I, that period in particular was was my wheelhouse. You know, yeah, yeah. I know all the skits, I know all the comedians. I'm I'm with you, you know. Um, but I also wouldn't think to go see him. I've seen him once, and I thought he was funny. And uh, you saw him when I saw him, right? 
Oh, no, no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't see him. I saw David Spade. I missed Sam. Oh, you were working that night because it was a Sunday. Yes. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. We talked about that. Yes. Um, But, like, I still wouldn't think. I saw Spade in concert independently a couple of years ago because my sisters took me for my birthday to see him at a casino in Mississippi. Okay. You know? Um, Maybe it's just that, that a comedy concert isn't. Well, let's be honest. There's not a lot of shit that's high in my radar these days. I bought those <laughs> Lumineer tickets because I wanted to prove a point to myself that that you can get out of the house. Yes, <laughs> but um, like I went to see Brian Regan a couple years ago, and when I was working, he's for the funny ticket though, agency, isn't he? Oh, he's hysterical. He's I mean, really I used funny. to. I've I've watched that guy for probably almost thirty years at this point because he's been around forever. He's hysterical, man. Yeah. When Angie and I first moved into the uh, to the condo in Asbury Park, we obviously didn't have cable. So, but back then it was you had to watch DVD. There wasn't streaming. Netflix was just uh, you sent back. Yeah, DVDs. that was when they were doing the DVD thing. Yeah. So uh, I had Apple TV, and we had purchased. Uh, a Brian Regan stand-up special, and we'd watch it all the time. And he came um, to Asbury Park Convention Hall to play Paramount Theater, and we bought tickets. You know uh, who loved Regan? David uh, Letterman. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was one of the last comedians on Letterman. Yeah. That's how you knew Letterman loved him, because he was in right. the last week. It was like, oh, really, this guy? You know, because it was like... That was the standard. It was like whoever Letterman has in his last two weeks of the show means those are the people he really friggin' loves. Yeah, and it was, and like the fact that he did it clean made it all that much funnier. Well, yeah, he doesn't use any friggin' no, no swear, no swearing. Yeah, he. What I always loved, what my uh, the quintessential Regan routine, as far as I was concerned, was like the whole thing about you know. Like when you're like when the cabbie drops you off at the airport, have a good flight. You too. Right. <laughs> if you ever go somewhere, you know, or <laughs> and, and like getting off at the wrong floor on the elevator. Oh, I thought this was floor three. I didn't know, except for that huge four right there. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the quintessential standby routines of Brian Regan, as far as I'm concerned. See, I go back to uh, the big yellow one's the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever I think of Rodriguez, that's the bit. I, I know think exactly. The facial expression, everything is he's saying it like the dumb looking guy thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we ended up going to see him live, but like seeing a comedian live in a, in a concert setting like that wouldn't always pop into my mind but i've enjoyed it every time i've done it i saw uh ricky gervais live okay and that was hysterical and he was really funny and a lot of that had to do with the fact i was working in in the ticket industry so i i knew who was playing i knew who was touring and i could just get tickets yeah you know that would be my trick if there was somebody i really wanted to see um or somebody Ange really wanted to see, like Beyonce. Ange's a huge Beyonce fan. Yeah. When we would devote all the company resources to buying tickets, I would buy tickets, but I'd keep them for myself. I would use my own credit cards 
you know, I didn't steal them. But normally what you would do is you'd buy them and then you'd put them in a folder and say, hey, I got, I got four tickets to see, uh, you know, Brian Regan. But I'd put them in my own personal folder. Okay. And use my own personal credit card and there was no way to track that. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I wasn't stealing them. I was just, I was just buying them. I just so I happened to be buying them on company time. <laughs> so, but technically, were you buying them? At, you were buying them at a lower price than they would resell them at. Then they would resell them at. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were getting them basically at wholesale, not wholesale, yeah. but wholesale T- to you. Ticketmaster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd get. I was buying them like a fan. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So um, that's. I would know if a comedian was coming out, but. Um, you know, comedians aren't necessarily on my radar, and I wouldn't even think to want to know what Sandler was up to. So when you told me you were going, uh, I was like, "Ah, oh, good for Liv, you know, Re- reconnect into the glory days. Yeah, I mean, let like even the guys I was going to go see, it was going to be Jacob and my buddy Mauro, you know, we all graduated high school together. I was like, we're, this is our, this is right in the wheelhouse for guys our age. Yeah. You know? Right. This is old guy night, you know. You yes. go see Sandler, Spade, and Rob Schneider. <laughs> you, you get you get chicken wings and a bunch of beers before, right? Yeah. You're all going in your work attire because it's right after work. Yeah. You get some beers and chicken wings, then you go see it, and then you you know you make some bad decisions after the show, <laughs> and your your night is too late, and you have a hangover the next day. Like that's how that night's supposed to go. Yeah. I- <laughs> Then the problem, I'll tell you a funny story. It's like our buddy Mauro. He's like in a, he's, uh, he, he's really henpecked, you know? <laughs> like his wife is, she's awful. <laughs> I gotta even be quiet about this, even though he's never listened to this show and she'll never listen to it, but still, because she's always everywhere. Right. Yeah. You know? And she would, probably want to kill me if she knew that I said this, even though she has to know what people think of her because she's so awful. But anyway, so like he can never get out of the house for anything, but he got out of the house for that, you know, because she already had plans. Um, But uh, so he got out of the house for that that night. Uh, It was like at three something in the afternoon the day of the show that we find out it's canceled, you uh. know? Yeah, which is terrible. Um, but this is the other side to it. You know guys that, like, when they go drink, you know, like it's going to be like a full-on bender because of that uptight or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't always want to be around those guys. No. You know? So, like, you know, we're on the group text, the three of us, you know, and Amaro's like, well, you know, he work, his office isn't far from my house, actually, you know, because he, he's a he's a lead estimator for a construction company, you know, and their office is like six blocks away from where I live. And there's the Rock and Bowl, uh, the Bowl and Alley slash bar whatever, uh, and the restaurant right next to Yale College, Inn, which is owned by the same people. It has a bar and stuff. And originally we were like, well, let's go get drinks there before the show. Because the show wasn't until like seven thirty or something. We're like, we'll get, we run East Bank. We'll get drinks and then we'll head over to there together. But then it comes out that we're not going to be able to go. And he's like, Oh, uh, I'm still going to go get drinks. 
who wants to meet me for beers? And I was like, I might meet you for one, you know? And then as time came, like around five something, getting out of work, I was like, I can't do that because cause it started dawning on me. I was like, he's got a free pass to like 11 o'clock tonight. That means he's going to be getting fucked up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do that. I'm like, <laughs> once the whole, if if it would have been at the concert and I could drink a few beers, it would have been one thing. But I'm like, I can't commit to just getting fucked up with him right now because he's never going to want to leave. And he's never going to want to let me leave because he doesn't want to leave. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I was just like, and he's like, you coming here, man? I was like, oh, man, something came up. You know, even though nothing should have come up because my night was already set aside for the fucking Adam Sandler show. Right. <laughs> Sorry, man, I got plans. <laughs> I was like, I just can't do it. I was like, because it's like, he's like, um, like an old school or something, you know? It's like, when he, you know, we're streaking, you know? <laughs> You remember at the beginning of the movie, Will Ferrell? Yeah, Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's what it's like. It's like he's so friggin' locked up when he's around her. When he gets loose, he gets out of control. And it's like sometimes it's just too much, you know? Right, right. Uh, it's like, so, I, so I dodged that. And the thing that pissed me off, I was like, you know, maybe it's because they didn't get enough. Oh, okay. I know what that means. I haven't even read the message. <laughs> Uh, I, I was like, well, maybe they didn't sell enough tickets because they were playing like a 10,000 seat arena, you know, which I thought was pretty aggressive for the New Orleans market for especially yeah. them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, all so, right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract you. Okay. But they're referring, they're saying because Adam Sandler had a sickness, you know? And I was like, they're probably doing this because they probably didn't sell as many tickets as they want it. And it's going to look shitty if they're in there in front of like 2,000 people in a 10,000 seat arena, you know? And but he then the um, next, was just doing one night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the next night they were supposed to play Philadelphia, you know? So when they announced it, they're like, well, we we're going to play Philadelphia. But then a few days after the show, because I follow Adam Sandler on Twitter, which is how I knew of the concert to buy the tickets at the time, you know? Uh, yep. Netflix was sponsoring it. So I'm sure they'll have a Netflix oh, special yeah, of yeah, it, yeah. you know? Okay, that makes sense. Um, so a few days later, he had posted a picture of him hooked up to an IV, and he was like, sorry, New Orleans. Uh, I hate to do this. I, I hate to do it, but I'll make it up to you. So whenever he comes back, you know, a, he'll probably play a smaller venue like the Sanger where Chris Rock is playing, where which allows you to sell out at least one show. And if that show sells so many tickets, you can book a second show and then maybe add a third show because it's like a 20-something hundred-seat arena uh, theater, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is probably a better idea because, like, Dave Chappelle is coming with Chris Tucker. And I'm not a huge Dave Chappelle fan, but I saw the other day they just had a fourth friggin' show. You know, and they're playing the same place. And I was like, that's probably a better venue for that type of thing, you know? Where was Sandler playing? Sandler was playing the Lake, UNO Lakefront Arena, University of New Orleans. 
You know, it's their basketball arena, you know? Yeah. And they yeah, do yeah. a lot of comedy shows there, too. Like, uh, more commonly, it seems like they do a lot of these big, um, like, uh, there's these big, like, black comedian where it's like, uh, shows where it's like guys who I don't really know of, but like, uh, but it'll be like, it seems like it's like friggin' five or six different comedians, you know? And I guess, okay. I guess they must put people in the seats cause they do them, you know, every year they're doing them, you know? And like when seems- Steve Harvey and those Kings of comedy used to go yeah, around. But it's, like- yeah. It's sort of like that. I think, but it's people that are even lesser known to me. You know, I mean, like, because like, like I'm telling you, Dave Chappelle and Chris Tucker are coming to the Sanger, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of guys that gotta be in a big group, you know, I guess to, to just to get that many people to see them, you know? Yeah. 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 So, uh, although I'll tell you this much, which is crazy, Amy Schumer, you know how hot she was. I think, I think her, I think it must be dying down because she's kind of, I think she kind of pissed a lot of people off recently. Uh, but anyway, she was booked to play the Smoothie King Center, which is the arena where the Pelicans play, downtown right next to the Superdome, a 20,000-seat arena or 18,000 yeah. seats or whatever. On New Year's Eve, last week they announced that the show's being moved to a different theater, which only has 2,800 seats, which means it's basically less than two weeks before that show was supposed to happen and she probably only sold 2,000 seats. How crazy is that? Yeah. You know? There's, there's, that's exactly why. Yeah. I mean, the fact that... But it's like, you only, they only sold 2,000 freaking tickets to that show. It's like, I, you know, maybe... Because, you know, they had that old controversy blow up with her. You know, over the election and all that bullshit. You know? And I think it kind of affected, you know, her... You know, her star was gone way higher until all that shit happened, you know? Well, and then she was just a train wreck um, uh, waiting to happen. <laughs> With what? That was her movie, Trainwreck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> pun intended there. No pun intended. Um, you know, she was doing the the um, the award show circuits where... You know, she she brought her sister on, and she was making all those lewd comments about, um, you know, they were asking like who she's who who are you wearing and all that shit, and she was like, oh, I'm wearing Tampax or you know, just being Amy Schumer, who is a little inappropriate for the mainstream, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think people just kind of soured on her and are like, wait a minute, oh, now that I hear what she's all about. It's not that funny. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I saw her, like, at the House of Blues down here. And that was probably, like, three or four years ago. And it was right when the first season of the show before she really blew up, you know? Yeah. And that was probably only in the hundreds. I mean, it was a packed house, but it was only accommodated for the hundreds, you know? So and and it was like after that it was like all of a sudden it was like Amy Schumer wasn't playing venues like that anymore. Like it was literally the last stop on the tour she was doing back then, you know? And, and How so long as, that it must have been it might have been two thousand thirteen at this point, you know? Okay. But it was like 
before full Schumer, you know, it was in the middle of the first season of the show. And I had known about her because I'd seen one of her stand-up specials on Comedy Central. I was like, she's funny, you know, because she was inappropriate. But I don't know. She's almost reached the saturation point, you know, of being overexposed, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's in all those old Navy commercials which run constantly now. And they're annoying. Yeah, yeah. You know, speak not not that she's going to have the same fate, but um, but one person like that, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, whatever became of Tom Green? <laughs> you remember that guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's one thing when guys popularity wanes it's another thing when they completely fall off the fucking map whatever happened to that guy you know that's a good question uh let's see here um he hosted a weekly talk show from 2013 to 2014 and he had cancer that was at the height of his career interviewer interviewer tom interviewer. green dot, in canada tom dot com. oh god uh, he's an interviewer on his own website wow he's really making it let's see <laughs> that's what he's got to put as our titles now you know podcast host <laughs> he was from october 2010 to December 2010, he did seven weekly podcasts interviewing guests at Kevin Smith's Smod Castle. I don't know if you are familiar with this, uh, but back like when podcasting just started to become a little bit mainstream, but there was only still a few people doing it, Kevin Smith opened up this little black box theater out in California and did shows you'd buy tickets and he would do a show a day um i guess either the the theater was like way too small there were only like you know dozen seats or the concept didn't work but he quit that uh he sold the building or rent got too high or something but so tom green in 2010 was doing i'm not even sure what kevin smith does anymore and i don't know how he makes his money because no one goes to see his movies (laughs) You know, it's funny. I'm a, and I'm a pretty big Kevin Smith fan. I know you are. I um I would not consider myself a huge fan of his movies, which is weird. I'm a big fan of the of the the what they call the the Skewniverse, which okay. is all, all the Jay and Silent Bob stuff. Okay. Yeah. But then he started to branch out and do some other weird shit, and I don't know. He went through. He had that uh, yoga whatever movie come out. That's yoga hosers, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's which which I was reading is supposed to be terrible. He started to self finance a bunch of shit that he just wanted to work on, and what he started to do was smoke weed, and he just got weird. Okay. Well, All we know he time- doesn't spend any of his money on his clothing because he's the, one of the worst dressed men. He is. He he has to be the worst dressed man in America. <laughs> he's like a he's like a clown. Yeah, he dresses like in these overly baggy things that like some 
white suburban 13 year old kid would wear who's trying to act hard you know hockey jerseys and yeah and like jean, oversized jean hockey jerseys and oversized hoodies and stuff and he always looks like a slob <laughs> he does he does um but he'll comment on that and he'll he says he does that so he's recognizable he says that once people aren't able to recognize him he will quickly fade out of out of uh, anybody's uh off anybody's radar because right now he's just doing shit that he th- finds enjoyable which god bless him yeah you know? i mean that, uh, that you have anybody. the luxury to do that right and he says it all the time you know how lucky he is and that he you know he caught a super super big break and um you know he's real self-reflective in that stuff why i think his podcast is 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 funny yeah um you know because it's just him and a and a guy he's got a ton of podcasts the one i listen to is him and uh one of his producer buddies scott Mosier, the guy who also made clerk who we made clerks with uh, okay yeah yeah. and they that's just the dude that's shit. that's jay right no no no, jay, no 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 that's not jay jay what's yeah. jay jay's uh, Jay's like one of those guys who's like in the Adam Sandler movies, like the only Muse. That's his name, right? Yeah, he's only ever but, acted in. Yeah, he's in only Kevin in Smith. Kevin Smith movies. Yes, <laughs> he's like, yes. like you know the Adam Sandler revolving cast of like right, the the, buddies from college, and the only movies they're ever in because no one else would hire them. <laughs> right, they they always play the quarterback, you know, and then the yeah. big, the big goofy linebacker guy. Oh, I can picture is uh, is, um, is you're thinking a water boy, the water boy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and then uh, the two guys, a uh, big daddy. They're the two guys, the two gay guys. And then he's the other guy is you know they come over to play cards. Yep. Yeah. Fuck is their name anyway? Tom Green is uh, not only does uh, in 2015 Tom. Green began broadcasting from a studio in Los Angeles through the live streaming service on his YouTube channel. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting more pathetic as you go down the line. He's like Kevin Smith. Now he's just doing the, he's doing the same shit we do. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. And he doesn't even have Fredo. Yeah, no kidding. He doesn't have a uh, an El Salvadoran Playboy. <laughs> This is a super fan. <laughs> oh man! Uh, so. All right, we've gone off the rails here. Um, yeah. Hey, what? tell me what uh, what your plans are for Christmas? Because uh, as we record this, it's December twenty third. Um, I doubt it'll go up uh, tonight, but maybe it'll, we'll get a little Christmas Eve edition. Well, tomorrow's my mom's birthday, so we'll be gathering for that. Okay. And then we're definitely doing brunch on Sunday, and it's. The onus is on me to bring my waffle maker over there and make waffles for everyone. Okay. So, right. you know, my sister texts me. She's like, when did you brunch Sunday? Will you make the waffles? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Are you going to your you going to your mom's, your parents? No, we're going to do it at my sister's house. Okay. Which is right. fine as far as my mom's concerned, I'm sure, because it's, you know, it's nice to not have to. It's nice to let her deal with it, you know? Right. So my mom will probably still make a a dinner that night because I think she had her mind set on that anyway, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like making a classic meal. Yes. 
So I think she had her mind. So, and you know, they always do everything. My mom always has to overdo everything. So I'm sure she will because it's not worth doing. If it's not worth, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing as far as my mom's concerned. Yes. Right. You know, which, you know, it's like, you know, oh, well, we're going to do this. So, well, let's get 50 waffles. You know, (laughs) (laughs) right. Right, mate. Well, we just need. There's only going to be like ten of us over there, so we only need like so many waffles. It's like, well, screw it. But what if more people want waffles? You know, right. what if you want to try different things? <laughs> yes, yes. It's always out of control with my mom. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so we'll be doing that. Uh, I got one last story I can tell. But what are you going to do? Um. Go to, go to my parents, which is always a uh, a touch and go proposition, and I'll I'll save it for the post Christmas breakdown. Okay. I'll I'll wrap up what what we what is what was supposed to happen and what really happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all in one conversation. But people need to be in different places at different times, and they've got different agendas. And like my mom's really um, real sensitive to Christmas because with a family of four. We stayed home, and if you wanted to come to us, you were welcome to come to us, but we didn't go visit people. Yeah, right? see, that was the thing, because I had a big family anyway, so we never really had all kinds of people coming over. For I mean, when we were younger, we had great aunts and uncles because they were, like, childless, you know? Yes. But it was never like we weren't going to, because it was it was too much already, you know? Yep. So, so you know, my that. mom wants to respect that, that, you know, everybody's got little kids and they want to play with their toys and open up. But at the same time, well, we've been doing this for 40 something years. This is the thing we do. So yeah. we, you know, we're not very good at, and, and, and I say we, I'm hypercritical because it's my family. No family is very good at communicating amongst, unless they're on television. Yeah, I I don't know. My sister always complains. She's like, nobody in this family knows how to communicate. She'll get all pissed off. And it's like, right, right. No one does. It's like when I was, I'm like, I know my family's crazy and I know, but I used to think, oh man, my family's nuts. So this is terrible. And then when I got older, like high school age, and you see everybody, and then you realize you're like, man, everybody's family's fucked up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like all the people you thought were perfect. And you actually encounter the craziness that goes on, and it's like, yeah, oh yeah. man, I thought his dad was the perfect dude. He's a real asshole too. <laughs> exactly. The problem is, is that I haven't, I didn't figure that out. I'm only starting to figure it out because yeah. I don't have a very good social barometer. And the social barometer that I do have, they're like, you know, it's tough. I, I, some of the families that I have exposure to are like classic sitcom families, for Christ's sakes. The Reardons, the Peterses, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yes. they don't, they're unique, man. They're one of a kind families. But, I, you know, as, as our good friend Guy Vincent always says, behind closed doors, you never know what happens behind closed doors. So, yeah. so that's, uh, you know, there was a big dilemma on how do we, how do we transition or how do we proposition um, everybody to get there and and be accommodating for everybody else? So 
I don't know if that happened, but I'm going over there in the morning. We're going to eat breakfast, and then we're going to open presents, and then we're going to go our own ways. See, my my issue with Christmas always was this, which is why I'm glad my sister's like, we're just doing the brunch at my house, because I used to hate it, because my mom wanted to wait for everyone to get there to deal with gifts, and the thing is, I like to go there and get it over with, whereas, you know, my other brothers, you know, especially Josh and then my brother AJ, they they don't wake up as early as I do. They don't move. They come. They show up late to everything. I'm like, <laughs> why do I have to wait around for this? You know, be like, no, yeah, no, yeah. we can't do. This. I was like, why do I have to suffer for their for for the way for they malaise. are? Yeah, you know. So I really hated that. You know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, and I get that because uh, I'm a big mutual respect guy. Yeah. You know, like I'm here. I'm respecting everybody else's time. Why can't you be here and respect their? I, I understand that. I understand yeah, that. I hated that. And it's like, you know what? If I was the one showing up, if I didn't want to show up till later and they showed here, I wouldn't care if they opened their gifts without me. Right. I don't really care about that, but my mom's all worried about that. And it's like, the, the thing is, early should be default because that's what it always was. You know? Christmas yeah. morning. It wasn't Christmas afternoon. You know? Uh, so that was always an issue for me. And then especially like, like, you know, like Thanksgiving and stuff, you know, it would really bother me because my mom would be like, well, we can't eat till they get here. And then they would, he would come in and he'd show up like with extra people, you know, my brother, <laughs> AJ. And it's like, and, and then they'd overwhelm everything. It's like, why didn't we eat before? Why, why, you know, why are we bending to the rudest people's time schedule? You know? And then they eat and just take off. Yeah, why are we... No, no, this is the worst part about it. I always had a problem with They would show up late and they would leave late, you know? Okay, <laughs> right, right. Not only do they show up late, they stay there way longer than you want them to. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind having it at my sister's house because that way I can, I can just get out and it's not going to be so awkward, you know? Okay. All right. Oh, man. Well, but I'll the let funny you know thing how, is, uh... my mom's like, you know, yeah, you'll have to tell me about it. But, you know, I was, a couple of weeks ago, I was having that conversation. I'm like, Mom, I really don't like the holidays too much. And I was like, I really don't like Christmas all that much. She's like, I don't know, a little bit. I was like, I'm like, it'd be different if I had my own family or I had kids. But Christmas is for kids, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what Christmas is for. There's no, like, you know, doe-eyed joy in my eyes anymore, you know? It's like I'm a 40-year-old childless bachelor, you know? It's like <laughs> Christmas isn't so wonderful for me, you know? It's like yeah, it'll see, be better when I have somebody, that, somebody to give gifts to, you know, whether it's a spouse or a child or both, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I still – I it's – it's a highlight of of the year for me. Yeah. But it, there also is that anxiety. It's the highlight if it goes well. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So if so it, you do have some tragic some tragic Christmas stories in the past, huh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, we can re, we can recount that on our Christmas our Christmas in review, I guess. Our Christmas wrap up uh, 2017 preview. I'll tell you a funny story because originally we said we'd try to do the show yesterday, 
Yeah. Um, but yesterday, uh, I told you I was going to my office lunch. I was like, if I can get out, I can get. But usually I go to the office lunch. I have a couple of drinks. I never get crazy and I go home. But I don't know. This year I was like, I kind of want to flip. I want to do something a little different, you know? And I was probably just going to go home originally. But then, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think I was kind of a little disappointed in my bonus, you know, because it was less than it was last year. And yet I know we, I know how much money we made. You know right. what I'm saying? Which yeah, really yeah. pisses me off. You know, so this year at the dinner, I was like at the lunch. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to drink a shitload of wine, you know, because fuck it. I got to make up somehow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, as the lunch is and, you know, it's a small office and nobody's there is going to roll out with me into the quarter to have a drink. You know, nobody I really want to roll out with anyway, you know. Right. Right. So, uh yeah, I mean, Jared doesn't even drink anymore, but, you know, I'm not going to roll out with him. So then I I, uh, I texted a friend of mine, the girl uh, the girl who I went to Jersey Boys. Uh, her name's Liz. And I texted Liz, you know, and she's like, I was like, I'm looking, because at this point I'm like, screw it. I got a little buzz on. I want to do something. I don't want to go home yet. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon, you know? Uh, I was like, how often am I? She, she's like, well, meet me here. She was with a friend. So I met her there at at the restaurant she manages, which is cool because she gets everything for free. So we're drinking and eating more, you know, and we go get a few more drinks. And somehow I get roped into going back to her house and painting drawers. <laughs> I'm painting furniture drunk at nine o'clock at night. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how the hell this happens. You know, I'm like, I don't know. Whatever. Long this is story yesterday? short, what's that? Yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like nine o'clock night. I'm sitting there drinking cheap champagne and freaking painting drawers with her. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. And I finally made it home, navigated the car like the freaking 10 blocks back to my house, thank God. Right. And freaking, I don't know, passed out. But it's like. I don't know. It was the best night of sleep I had in a while. I'll tell you that much. You know. But then I got a kid work guy working on the house, and he came over and had to do stuff today. And it's like all I wanted to do is sit around. But then he's doing work in the house. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I can't be here the whole time he's doing work. You know. Oh, did you take off? Well, the boss actually shut the office down today and monday which is crazy because that's just because he's getting older i think he's you know and i think his wife probably is like dude take more time off because two years ago it would have been either monday or today as the only day off you know right you know we wouldn't have got both off so i'm i don't know i'm trying to i'm trying to start enjoying myself a little bit more you know you got it man yeah i mean i don't know I don't know how the hell I ended up painting furniture last night. Whatever. <laughs> you know. I got a couple of theories. We'll save it for the rap. We'll save it for the year end show. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine what your theories are. <laughs> All right, man. Then on that note. All right. <laughs> with apologies to Girk's brother. We will see you guys next week. Yeah. Good night. Fredo, a.k.a. Alton Brown. Feliz Navidad, Fredo. Yeah, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad.